COVID-19 has brought a lot of unexpected changes to our lives, from wearing face masks to the ongoing struggle to find toilet paper. I've also heard for couples in quarantine, this may mean a whole lot of more babies being born, or sadly, a lot longer lines in divorce court. On today's show, we're going to look at how to increase connection, not divorce, while in quarantine. And I thought, what better way to do this than to take you into my own marriage to look at the challenges I'm facing and also the tools I use. And to do this, my guest is going to be my amazing husband, Horatio Neely. Have you ever noticed that life has a weird way of making the most amazing people feel like they're not enough? You know, not smart enough, pretty enough. The Drop the BS podcast is dedicated to giving you a little couch time to deal with those very moments. I'm your host, Dr. Carleen Neely, licensed professional counselor. In each episode, I'll take you in session so you can drop the BS or backstories, as I call it, that try to steal your confidence and peace of mind. And while I hope you love learning from the podcast, it's not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of Drop the BS Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kerline. Welcome to the show, everyone. I hope that you and your family, your loved ones, I hope that you are all remaining safe and sound during this pandemic. And also, I hope that you are being proactive about your mental health. It is imperative right now. So if you are not getting your couch time, I need you to make sure you're getting a little bit of that. If you're not taking long walks, please make sure you're doing that as well. And just slowing down, slow down and take a breath. Once again, it is going to be imperative. Anytime you're in crisis, you really need to make sure you are taking care of your mental health. Before we jump in, though, I'd like to give a shout out to one of my listeners. Nelda wrote about episode 35. That one was on family dynamics. Nelda said, Thank you so much, Dr. Curleen. As always, you put things into perspective. This one in particular was so helpful, reminding me that everyone, including the pets, is being affected by home quarantine. And a lot of togetherness can be stressful. Love your way of communicating. Nelda, thank you so much for reaching out. Thank you for letting me know I'm headed in the right direction. And if you are listening right now and you're enjoying what we are doing, I need a favor. Please head on over to dropthebspodcast.com and let me know. Let me know you're enjoying the episode. And you can do one even better. Go to Apple iTunes and leave us a review. The more reviews we get, the more likely it is that someone else will know that we're here and be able to get this important information. So if you're ready, let's go in session. Welcome to the show, Horatio Neely. I am so happy that you are here. I'm happy that you are in the house with me. I've been trying to drag you into and onto this podcast for a long time, and I finally did it. Yes, you've been at it for quite some time. So listeners, let me tell you a little bit about my husband. His name is Horatio Lorenzo Neely. 
He's an amazing husband and the father to our two beautiful daughters, Morgan and Madison. One of the things about Horatio that anybody who knows him will say, he is literally, literally, probably one of the friendliest people you will ever know. And I know you're probably thinking, well, yeah, Dr. Curleen, everybody says this type of stuff about their husband, but no, I mean, he is so gregarious. At any given time, I could come home and there could be a neighbor who lives around the corner, down the street, and in a hole, and they will be at my house. I think it really comes from being born in the South. He's a Mississippi boy. He really enjoys entertaining. He enjoys having people around. He will give you the shirt off his back. But besides being an overall just great human being, he started his professional career working for Compact Computers, now called HP, and he started in contracting and quickly escalated to opening up call centers inside of the United States as well as outside in countries such as India. But in the last 15 years, he spent his professional career in executive level positions in the automotive and retail logistics space. He holds a bachelor's degree in psychology, a master's degree in business administration. And I truly think after being married to a therapist for 15 plus years, he probably thinks he has a PhD as well, because as you can imagine, dealing with a therapist for this long could be a little tricky. So what do you think when you hear that, Horatio, when you hear who you are, what you've accomplished, what, what comes to mind? I don't know. First, I think about it, I probably need more couch time. Uh, from being married to you over the past 15 years. Oh my gosh. Look, look guys, listeners, I've already <laughs> warned him, you know, right? Don't say too much, but say enough. So yeah, definitely a little more couch time of uh, being married to a therapist. Yes, yes. But I think overall, uh, it's, it's been, it's been very challenging, but yet rewarding in reference to just my, my overall career, starting out with an IT company and then moving into transportation, uh, logistics area. Um, it was a learning curve, but I can tell you over the past 15 years, I've truly enjoyed working in the industry and working with, with the driver group as well. And also just being a really great dad. We can't forget about that. Morgan and Madison, just um, you've been able just to bless our family and them. Um, the girls just adore you. And, and while there's no true playbook around raising kids, um, you design a real good script at home. With, with how to interact with the girls and, and how to get things done as well. Okay, so Horatio, today's show is all about how do we increase connection, not divorce in quarantine. And so I like to keep it real with my listeners. I really do. So what I want us to do, very mm -hmm. honestly, is that I want us to talk about some of the challenges we faced, how we've overcome them, what are the tools we use. Mm -hmm. And if we can't get real, they will know it, okay? So if you could see him right now, guys, he is blushing, he is smiling, because we're going to go there. Um, Horatio, I've highlighted three areas that I know uh, couples struggle with, and these are areas that we've had our challenges with. And so what I want to do is to go over these three kind of areas and see what we can share about our experiences. The first one is going to be communication. The second one is intimacy and sex. And then the third one is what I call your relationship backstory. That really means that being with somebody for a long time, 
things have happened, stuff has went down. And a lot of times we are not dealing with them in the present. We are dealing with that other person based on the past. And I want to talk about that and talk about how we make sure that doesn't destroy us. Does that sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan. All right. So let's dive in. So the first thing we're going to talk about is communication. So when you think about our communication style in quarantine and not, what comes to mind? Yeah, you know, I'm very proactive. I'm always out doing something and then coming back. And and then you say, hey, why didn't you tell me that you were going to go do this? Uh, what stands out, for instance, I may have a wild idea about trying to go paint the bathroom. And I have the color picked and I have the timeline when I'm going to do it. And when I bring the paint, paint in the house, the first thing is like, what is this? Okay, you're getting me triggered just just listening to you. So yeah, no, no, no. That is a real thing. We were talking, when was that? Just the other day about we wanted to redo the bathroom and since we have a little extra time. Uh, and so for me, I'm a processor. We went in the bathroom, we're looking at it. And I'm thinking, okay, we're going to talk about what color we're going to talk about. Do we want to paint the whole thing or just half of it? Right. And, you know, and then we'll decide. But then you. Yeah. And then I just go and identify the paint, size up the job, what it takes to get it done, get the cost and to start to just put everything in action. Right. And so out of that, I'm very action oriented. And what I've had to learn to do is to slow down get you involved, collaborate, and really make it a collaborative decision, not just me going out and do the work. You know he definitely has learned that because being from the island, guys, you know I'm feisty, so I'm like getting in his stuff. I'm like, what do you mean there's paint here already? We didn't solidify the color. I feel like you're making decisions without me. Right. And, you know, as you're listening, I don't know if you can relate to that. So in communication, we all come to communication in different ways. We come with a different way of communicating. And Horatio, I feel like you're really alluding to the fact that you are more of a doer. You're more of a problem, fix it, problem, let's make it happen, where I want the fix, but I also want to process. And and so I had to learn to not look at that process as procrastination and thinking that you're holding up the whole process, right? So that level of engaging with you is, okay, this is what we said we were going to do. This is a timeline. What's your take? And really kind of push you along the way of your process versus me just getting frustrated thinking you're not thinking about it. When, it, when in, in fact, you are thinking about it. It's just that you're taking your time. You're processing. And I had to learn that from you a little bit. Yeah. And I had to learn that when I saw you in action mode, that it wasn't you trying to be disrespectful to me or not include me. It's just that you feel like, hey, you know, Carlene identified a problem. She saw something. The bathroom needs to be painted. Let me uh, do it and make her happy. And over the years, I feel like, I mean, definitely, guys, we're not going to BS you, you know, drop the BS right now. We have had a lot of, of disconnects over this. But over time, we've also learned to do what we call purposeful communication, where we slow it down and we clarify, hey, okay, so we're in the bathroom and we're talking about painting the bathroom gray. Baby, that doesn't mean go get paint, okay? <laughs> So on that note, uh, the fixtures, 
I'll, I'll send you a link to Lowe's, look at some fixtures, and then let's come together and figure out what fixtures you want to get. And I'll go down to Lowe's and pick them up. Okay. okay. See, that's what I'm talking about. I like that. And so um, overall, I think what we're saying is that communication, is best, yeah. especially when you're in a stressful situation, we tend to communicate in a way that is more kind of, we're more irritated. So in quarantine, the things we are talking about right now, you have to do almost in an exaggerated way. So purposefully slowing things down, mm -hmm. making sure you over communicate, making sure that you are including your partner in decisions because the quickest way to be on that divorce court line is when somebody feels that they don't have value, that you are devaluing them in a relationship. And, and realize the triggers, right? And, and knowing that in that confinement that you can be triggered even faster than, than it was in the past. Yes. All right. So let's move down the line and let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> let's talk about sex and intimacy, because as I identified initially, this is one of the areas that I think besides communication, intimacy and sex are places that couples trip up. And I see it in my office every single day. And I think at first we really have to kind of talk about what the difference is. So when you hear sex and intimacy, Mr. Neely, what do you think? What, what is the difference in your mind? Uh, my, my thought process has evolved over the years, right? I, I think when you're young, you, you always associate sex with more of a physical, physical piece component. But the intimacy is, is really something that, that I think that grows over a period of times to where you look at it from a different lens. Um, sex doesn't start at night. That intimacy and in sex starts like throughout the day. So when you get to the nighttime that you've already arrived. Okay. So I, I don't, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't see this. Yeah. Is, hey, we got to talk right now. We got to yeah. talk. Cause what, you know, I think that they are distinctly different, right? I think that, you know, you can have intimacy that doesn't lead to sex. Intimacy to me is into me, that you are engaged, that you are connected to me, that you are interested in what makes me tick, what hurts me, what makes me feel alive. And you're into it just because you're into it, not because you're going to get a little something, something in the evening, you know, right? And I think that's what we've talked about before, right? Yeah, but when I, when I think about it, it's it's more of into you or are you into me and how much does it take for you to be into me versus you right i think women are much more complicated when it comes to intimacy uh but men we we crave intimacy as well we want to make sure that our thoughts and feelings are considered as well exactly you know so one of the challenges i think we've had that we can talk about is that in terms of just, you know, raw, the difference between intimacy and sex, mm -hmm. I definitely have always craved a lot more intimacy than the sex piece of it. And I think you've been reversed. Horatio is a touchy-feely type of dude. And so for him, his uh, primary has been that he's, you know, wanted to show love through sex. And so you can imagine in quarantine, I was like, damn, you know, what's really going on here? We're here every single day. He's going to want to get some. And not that I don't, not that I don't, but because I am under stress and when I'm under stress, that is not one of my go-tos. But when you're under stress, Horatio. Yeah. I mean, it, that physical component that is, and I don't know, they say men are from Mars, women are from Venus, right? 
But I think overall, that physicality component is consistent with men for the most part. But, you know, the more I think about it over the past couple of weeks, it's been more of going back to what we talked about, our love language, knowing that throughout the day, it's more of what can I do to make you feel better? What can I do to relieve your stress? What can I do around the house? What can I do with the kids? Um, acts of service. And that, that helps that helps break down a lot of that frustration throughout the day. I mean, at night, once we get to that point. Absolutely. And what Horatio's uh, jumping ahead a little bit and alluding to is the fact that that's one of our tools. And so one of the things we've done together to be able to really figure out how do we get his needs met and how do we get my needs met is really using the five love languages. And the five love languages is a book that if you haven't gotten it before, go get it. It's amazing. In fact, you can get online now and um, there's a lot of information on it. And it's written by Gary Chapman. And so the premise behind the five love languages is this. In order to meet the needs of your partner, in order for your partner to feel loved, to feel valued, you have to speak their language. A lot of times when we love, we speak our, our language to them and we expect them to respond. So for in, uh, intri- um, instance, because Horatio's love language is sex, He might come to me and, you know, come behind me and he's grabbing me and he's touching me and he's wondering, well, man, why isn't she responding? Well, that's his love language. My love language is acts of service. And so in order for him to get his needs met, he needs to speak my language. It's equivalent to being in France and speaking Spanish and wondering, well, why is everybody looking at me like I'm crazy? Yeah. So on that note, uh, one, one of your love language is quality time. So occasionally I come in and watch the view with you when at home here lately, or pop in and watch American Idol um, and just be there. You just like, just like that, that quality time just to be in the room with you versus me going into the next room. Absolutely. And that means the world to me. So us understanding, taking the time to do that assessment helps him to connect with me by that. And let me just review what the five love languages are. So it's words of affirmation, acts of service, physical touch, gifts, and quality time. So like I said, if you haven't done the love language test, go do it. And in fact, if you've done it, go do it again. Because let me tell you this, your love language under stress is going to be different than it is in calm periods of time. It is going to be different. And so you need to understand, hey, who am I dealing with right now? How is that love language morphed? How has it changed? So outside of physical touch, what is my other love language? So I think besides physical touch, if I'm remembering, uh, you like gifts. Gifts is a huge, um, which is one I, you know, I'm like, I can't relate to that because I, gifts are big for me, but gifts for Horatio are huge. And so for me to go out and you know, purchase something. Of course, it has to be of quality because he's that kind of guy. He doesn't, he doesn't like knockoffs. He doesn't like, if it's no name brand, he's looking at me like I am crazy. And I will take it back. And he definitely will take it well, back. And I think you, you definitely to service and words of affirmation. Those are your top two. Oh, you know me, baby. That's it. Yes, definitely. Words of affirmation. I love communication. I love to feel that we are connecting in that way. 
So let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling. We're moving down the list. And so the next thing we have is relationship backstory. And I really wanted us to talk about this one because it is so important. And when I say relationship backstory, if you've been with someone for one year, five years, 10 years, I don't care. Stuff has happened. And when things happen in a relationship, we make mental note of it. We make a mental note. Oh, this person did this to me. This person did that to me. And that becomes the backstory. And a lot of times responding to them, not into the, not in the today, responding based on what they did yesterday or five years ago. And that can get us in huge trouble. So Horatio, if we stop and think about what are some of our relationship, maybe backstories that, you know, we've had to deal with, and then we'll talk about how we've dealt with them. Yeah, I think um, we've, we always use the, the luggage scenario or analogy when it comes to to backstory or relationships and so my I know I came with a suitcase full of luggage and uh, you had uh, bags yeah oh my god (laughs) yeah yeah and as well I'm sure your baggage was it's pretty packed as well I think over the process is really how do we unpack it and unpack it together right and those things either isolate us or sometimes they bring us together. And throughout that process, there's triggers that were that you're triggered either in the current relationship or relationship in the past that may come into the fu- in, in the future or something that you're dealing with now. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like I could think about one of our relationship backstories. Um, as I talked about earlier on, Horatio has had a very prolific career. He's been extremely successful, but with that success has come a lot of travel. And so there's been a lot of times in our relationship that he hasn't been present, not because he didn't want to be, but because he was in another state or somewhere else. And so one of the backstories I have is I have to do all this alone. I have to do all this alone. And that backstory can get easily triggered if I am in the kitchen and I'm doing 500 things and the kids have homework and, and I see him with his feet on the couch. Woo, all of a sudden I am triggered and I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so when I think about that, it's, it's like, wow me being home now and looking at all the work that you had to do. And, and it's, you know, stay at home moms. I, there's a, a different appreciation to it now. Right. Uh, from cooking before, you know, it is 12 o'clock. Next thing you know, it's five o'clock. And if you don't have a good plan, you didn't take food out on time. Food is not thawed out. Uh, now you're trying to think about what you're going to cook. There's all these different dynamics just around running the house that I, I didn't take for, um, I really didn't, consider when I was traveling a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And I think now that all of us are in quarantine with our partners, it becomes even more highlighted because when you're moving and you're going to work and you're driving, there's so much other distractions that maybe that relationship backstory isn't as evident. But when you're seeing them for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks, come on now, all of a sudden that backstory is more evident. And so Horatio um, let's talk about how we've dealt with that, you know, and, I, and I'll go first. I think one of the things I really do, and I, and I want listeners out there, if you don't do this, I really want you to do it. I always stop and ask myself, why do I feel the way I feel right now? 
Why am I acting the way I'm acting right now? What's triggering me? I really stop and kind of go inside because soon as I do, I'm able to go, ooh, you know what? The dude just has his feet up watching TV. He's doing nothing wrong. You're not mad about that. You're mad about all the other times he was gone and maybe you had to do everything by yourself. And so doing that helps me to get that insight to not respond and react in a way that will derail the whole night. Yeah, and I like the way what we've done with um, T and P, time and place. Always when we engage in a conversation, especially a real serious conversation, trying to determine, hey, is not the T and P, time and place. Which means that at this point, let's ice that conversation and create another form to where we can talk about it and put more thought into it versus having these just one-off conversations that always end an argument and nothing comes out of it. Yeah. You know, one of the things we'll say, you know, in those moments, especially if I have, I stopped and I asked myself that question or Horatio did, we have a saying, we go, um, can you be my friend? And, and can you be my friend for us? What that means is look, no judgment, Um, it's not, I just want to talk to you. I want to tell you that while I was in the kitchen cooking and, you know, trying to mop the floors and I saw you over there with your feet up, it really did something to me. And, you know, I'm sorry I snapped at you. And so we have these moments where we slow things down. We unpack what we're feeling in a real way and we just elevate the friendship. Yeah. Big time. All right, Horatio. So now it's time for us to do some in-session takeaways. So let's talk about these takeaways, Horatio. What can we give them? After you kind of are you're hearing me and you talk and we're talking about our marriage and we're having this authentic conversation, what are the things that really strike you? What are the things you think that my listeners could could maybe take from and extract and do something different with? I would say be very thoughtful and purposeful in your conversation, especially when it comes to communication. You want to make sure that you're engaged in whatever you put out there uh, that it's going to add value to the, the situation. Absolutely, and I'll add in, you're in quarantine, don't make any sudden moves. This is not the time to be plotting a divorce. This is not the time to be doing any of that. We're in a crisis. And in crisis situations, we tend to not make our best decisions. So be patient, wait it out. What you're feeling in this moment may not be what you feel in three months, in six months. Just know that this is not the time to make drastic decisions. The other thing, and we didn't talk about this, but when you think about communication, it is really 99% of the time about your delivery. It is about your tone. It's not the word. It is what about, it is about your tone. It is about your volume. It is about how you show up. So sometimes I like to say, hey, your content was gold, but your delivery sucked. So in under communication, think about your delivery. Think about just slowing it down and not having that volume and that body language that really throws your partner off. Uh, In terms of intimacy, what would you say is a takeaway? Well, let me go back to communication because one of the things that's happened during the Corona lockdown for us is that we've had dinner together as a family four out of of the five nights. 
So it's been an opportunity for us to not only sit down together, you and I, but to bring the kids and the four of us sit down and just talk about the day, talk about the struggles, and really have a high-level communication from a family perspective versus just you and I. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, moving on to intimacy and sex, I think, you know, my biggest takeaway is that, you know, going back to those love languages, going back to the core basic that I know that under stress, touch is important to you. So if I see that, don't get, um, take it as that's all you want. Understand, see beyond that, understand that that's how you communicate love to me. That's how you show that you care, that you want to connect and, you know, put my kind of ego to the side that, oh my gosh, that's all he wants and realize he's trying to connect with me. That's the way that he shows that. What about you when it, yeah. So what I think about, even when I know that you like acts of service, it's part of my routine now over the past couple of weeks. Wake up, turn on the kettle, get your get your tea going, and make sure that you at least have a hot cup of tea first thing in the morning. And he does. Let me tell you, he makes the best tea. He puts a little a little drop of honey in there, and it's really sweet to wake up to that every single fresh lemon. and fresh lemon. Let me add in. He's like, don't forget the lemon. Um, so I, I'm so thankful, Horatio, that you do that, and it really does mean a lot to me. Uh, let's move on to our last area in terms of takeaway. And we talked about this relationship backstory and how that could show up. I'll go first on that one. I think. The biggest thing is to ask yourself that question I said, what am I feeling? Because as soon as you ask that, you're going to know what your triggers are. You're going to know, okay, I'm definitely being triggered. It's not about him. It is about me. So know your triggers and also know what your triggers do to you. So when your backstory's on and you're being triggered, there's a couple things that tend to happen. Usually you shut down. Usually you walk away. Usually you stop engaging. Usually you get in your head and you start overthinking things. And, you know, some people do the opposite of that. They feel like when they get triggered, they almost try to overcompensate, overgive, overdeliver, overdo, because they're trying to, you know, make this person appreciate them. And depending on the situation, that may not be the right thing to do. So slow down, ask yourself questions so you know your trigger and you also know that behavior that may be tied to it. And you can do the exact opposite of that behavior. Yeah, I, I adopted this. And I got this from um, one of my coworkers at a conference one time. Um, you think about when you're engaged in that heated conversation, the first thing you want about is in your head is what good could come out of this conversation, right? There's a point to where you're engaged and you're listening to that person and you're thinking about your response. What good could come out of this? So that's when you just kind of switch gears and say, hey, TMP, I'm in a bad space. Let's, let's get another time and place and talk about this, because if we continue along this route, it's not going to be good for both of us. Absolutely. Well, Horatio Lorenzo Neely, Lorenzo. thank you so much. He is, he is like totally <laughs> hating that I'm saying that, by the way. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Thank you for being so transparent and honest. It is an honor to be your wife and an honor to have you on the show. And thanks for having me, Dr. Neely. I really appreciate you. Well, as always, I hope that was helpful. I hope you got something from it. 
every single time we have an episode, I want you to leave feeling inspired. I want you to leave feeling like you have tools. This show is about dropping the BS. It's not about giving you fluff. It's about giving you real solutions because this is your dose of couch time. Until next time, remember to drop the BS. Thank you for listening to Drop the BS Podcast. You can find show notes at dropthebspodcast.com. And I'd really love to stay connected with you. So head on over to Facebook and put Drop the BS Podcast in the browser and let's chat. Until next time, remember to drop the BS.